to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. Have you ever wanted to change your life but weren't sure where to start? Do you sometimes question how to realistically develop a healthier mindset? Do you think that you lack the time or the energy that you need to create positive change? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you've come to the right place. Today, I'm talking to actress and author Allie Landry about how to reshape your life. Allie first came into the spotlight as Miss Louisiana Teen USA in 1990. She won the Miss USA title in 1996, and then she starred in an iconic Super Bowl commercial advertising Doritos. She's gone on to star in several movies, and she's written a book called Shape Your Life. But Allie's life hasn't always been really easy. She went through a very public marriage that was annulled after only two weeks. The breakup was featured in tabloids across the globe. She remarried years later, but then her father-in-law and her brother-in-law were kidnapped and murdered. Allie's speaking out about the highs and lows in her life and what she's learned from them so far. She says when she started feeling tired all the time and had trouble sleeping, she didn't excuse it as stress or aging. Instead, she decided to take her life back. Some of the things she talks about today are the way she developed a healthier mindset, the strategies that helped her work through pain and grief, and how she empowers herself to create positive changes. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist's take. It's the part of the show where I'll give you my take on Allie's strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Allie Landry on how to reshape your life. Allie Landry, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be joining you. So excited to have this conversation. Me too. So your new book is called Reshape Your Life. Don't settle because you're worth it. I love the title. And on the show, we've talked a lot about people who say that you should reinvent yourself or you should start over, things like that. But I've never heard anybody frame it quite this way about reshaping your life. Can you talk a little bit about that? For me, it was really giving. uh, I always think of my girlfriends in Louisiana. I have a really great, strong, amazing group of girls in Southwest Louisiana. And I always like sort of speak to them. You know, I always kind of keep them in the back of my mind. and. The idea of saying, I thought about it so much, like what that title would be, what the title would be. Um, It's like, I want to give them permission, you know, Uh, like reshape your life. It's never too late. That's the whole, that's the whole idea. It's never too late to create a life you love. I am going to be 50 in only a few months. And I talked to so many of my friends and, you know, I'm still in it with three kids and my husband's busy and I feel like I, I I do look at a lot of my friends and I find myself in that moment, like, you know, like this is the way it is kind of giving in to just the flow of, of, of how it is. Right. Instead of really like going deeper into what my true desires are and what I ultimately want in my life and why am I not going after it? Um, so that's what that was reshape your life. It's never too late to create a life you love. And the end part is you are worth it. Because for me, it was so important for me to tell these women, because this book is really not about me. 
honestly, it's just my stories as examples. Um, for the reader to feel seen, like, and again, that permission, like you are worth it. You really are. And if nobody else is going to tell you that, I want to tell you that. And that's a really important message. And I think sometimes we get kind of passive about life and we sort of get into these patterns and we don't get out there and do those things that we want to do. We don't take the time to step back and say, what do I really want out of life? And do I have the confidence to get out there and try to make it happen? Absolutely. I mean, life, life happens, you know, and if you're not really a player, <laughs> it's just hard to do all the time just because it's always coming, you know. Um, then you could find yourself, you know, one year down the road, five years down the road, and you're like, where did all the time go? And and what am I doing? And what have I done? And and how do I even feel in this moment? Like, is this what I expected for myself? Did I want more for myself? Did I do the things I love? Did I do the things that set my soul on fire? Um, and I think sharing our stories, I always say like, when you speak from the heart, you connect to the heart of another human being. Like I do not believe, I really strive very hard not to walk around with a mask or pretending like everything is okay. Like I really try my best um, to the dismay of my husband and my mother, who's like, really, do you have to say all those things? But I really just try to walk around like cracked open because um, I really desire that true connection. And I feel like if I am doing this, I draw that in for myself. Like that's how I have that. If I can open up to another human being, they are more likely to open up to me. And that's when I can, that's when I'm inspired. I mean, I did it recently with a girlfriend of mine who again is turning 50. She lost her husband uh, and she kind of took her life by the reins. And she's like, I'm going to do 50 things before I'm 50. I'm going to check off a list. And it was simple things like, I loved it. Some of the things like I have to connect a modem to my, I'm so not techie, to my, I don't know, what do you connect a modem to? That's the internet, right? Right, <laughs> right. And I can't call anybody. I can't ask a friend to come over. I have to read the instructions and do it myself. Like simple things like that. Uh, and I was, I was so inspired by that story, you know, like, so I think I'm going to adopt that for myself, but it's by sharing, um, that you really have that true human connection. And nowadays, I mean, you and I, I love that we're talking over Zoom and that we're able to connect, but there's nothing like that face-to-face, feel each other's energy, that vibe, give each other a hug. You know, we're on social media, we're on the internet, we're like not connect. And then we had COVID. So people, I feel like a little disconnected. Um, so that's definitely something that I... I uh, I try to make an effort to do because it's where I feel the best. Um, otherwise, I can slip into a little bit of that depression or that kind of bump, you know, when I'm not right. connected human beings. Yeah. I think it's so tempting sometimes for people to show the rosy version of their life. Like, oh, no, things are good. And the, oh, they, so it's right. Struggle to say, actually, I have problems too. And I struggle. And for somebody like you, who's so successful in so many different ways to then say, yeah, but I also struggle can be tough for a lot of people. But I think it also then opens up people's eyes to say, all right, even people who have lots of good things in their life haven't necessarily always lived a charmed life or things don't always come easy to them. Yeah. I, I, and I do think, I mean, I felt like I, I had a great childhood. I have a great family. Grew up in a beautiful community. I didn't have a lot of horrible things that happened to me, not until my 
let's see, 20s. And, and, and up until that, I was like, gosh, I'm a pretty boring person. I mean, even though the, all these things were wonderful and blessed, and I was super grateful, but I was like, it's not like super interesting. And I don't feel like I've had like extreme growth. And it's when I was hit hard by life, which we all will. Yep. It's how we choose to move forward uh, through or, or move through it. And uh, I was fortunate enough to instinctually start to know how to move through some of the difficult times in my life. And I have to say that in those times of pain and despair and on my knees and when I was seeking and searching and praying and journaling and it's when I had the biggest transformation, you know? And I almost long for those times because there was such extreme growth, you know, even though it was so tough, um, it changed who I am as a person and definitely how I walk through this world. And it's happened to me multiple times. So uh, I, I, but I did do the work. I did do definitely went in and did the work. And I share all of that in the book. And I call it your heart shape, your soul shape, your, you know, your mind shape, your health shape. And you do, you dive into that. And can we, can we talk a little bit about some of the difficult things yeah. you've gone through and how you learn? So you had risen to fame as the Doritos girl doing Super Bowl commercials, right? And suddenly I mean, you were everywhere and everybody knows who you are. But then you went through this very public breakup. But ultimately, in the end, you say that you're better because of it. I think that, you know, let I just to say, um, it was so public that Oprah shot the wedding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oprah shot the wedding and I was supposed to go back on Oprah to give away like a, a dream wedding to another couple. And before that happened, it all came crashing down. And I was young. I was in my early 30s uh, and hadn't experienced any really tough times before that. Um, it was really, it was really hard for me because it was really public and I had a choice. You know, my mother kept saying, why aren't you angry? And again, it's just not the place that my heart wanted to grow, go. I wanted to grow, um, because I did not want it to happen again that I knew. And I, I, you know, I had a, I'm looking for the book here. I had a purpose-driven life journal and I was reading passages from, um, it was a passage from the Bible. And then I could journal from that, like reflecting onto those, those specific times. And it was like being in a therapy session because I got very, very clear of what I wanted uh, moving forward, what I did not want. Um, also, I, as hard as it was, because I really just, I, I knew I didn't want to move forward. And for me, God, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So I really asked God to, at that point, put one foot in front of the other because I felt like I'd made such a horrible mistake. So moving forward, I sort of put my trust in Him. And I, I did feel like I, come, I came out on the other side um, in such a beautiful way as a woman. I could have made the choice to sweep all those feelings, those emotions under the rug, you know, and just like, whatever, move forward, go partying with my girlfriends, doing whatever I was young. Um, but I knew that I needed to deal with it because I knew that if I didn't, it was going to show up in some way, shape or form at a later point in my life. And that was not an option for me. 
for sure. So for something like that, how do you decide that you're going to learn from it rather than just say somebody wronged me or this is somebody else's fault instead of saying you said, hey, I'm going to take responsibility and prevent this from happening again? It's funny that you said that because even though I feel like, you know, part of me could say like I didn't do any wrong. Obviously, I chose. I had a choice in all of it. I was still, I was with them. I chose to. So I needed to also hold, ha, have a little bit of, take a little bit of responsibility um, of why I, I stayed, even though there was not indications that things were happening like beforehand. Um, I just didn't want to pass it all off on that person. You know, we always have a choice. Um, I don't, you know, it's almost like a miraculous thing for me because I had no one telling me, you know, what I needed to do. Um, I just knew that I needed to work through it. And I think it's partly because, you know, I, I was always into self-help books. I was, you know, Tony Robbins and Robin Sharma and Joel Olstein and Dale Carnegie. Like that was the stack of books that I always had on the side of my bed and kind of dipping into those. So I sort of knew those like kind of techniques to maybe work through things. Um, but I was never faced with it ever before. So when it happened, I guess I had a little bit of that insight of what I needed to do. And there are different kinds of hardships that we face, right? Sometimes there's things that maybe we were part of that we make a one poor choice and it snowballs, whether somebody says I got involved in a career and then I ended up in a terrible job, I take some responsibility. There are other things that happened to us that we had no part in. And you went through other tragedies in your life that were absolutely not your fault. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I call them, you know, in the book, you know, the whole idea is reshapes. And I say that I had two forced reshapes, one around heartbreak and betrayal, which is what we just kind of mentioned, and another one around tragedy and loss. And that one was even harder because we lost two family members um, in the most horrific, you know, situation. And to wrap your head around that sort of loss for one person is difficult, but for two, I couldn't even, like we didn't, I think we were in a fog for just a really, really long time. But again, you know, we were presented with a choice. Like, how are we going to move forward in our lives, right? How are we going to move forward? What do we want? And both my husband and I, because it, it was, it happened to his family, his father and his brother. and the first realization is that, uh, you know, we wanted to move forward, obviously to honor their memory, their legacy. And, um, the realization was like, life is short. Tomorrow is not promised. And, you know, we only have this moment and gratitude came in really, you know, very uh, profoundly in our lives, not just with ourselves, my husband and I, but also with our children and in our family and the idea of surrendering because you can plan all you want, but we sort of surrendered everything to like God's greater plan for our lives because we knew at this point with what has happened to me and then now to us, uh, we have no control. We have no control. Uh, all we have, all we can do is show up as our best selves every single day. And every single day we fail, <laughs> you know, every single day we fail, but 
allowing ourselves, give ourselves grace a little bit around that. Um, but the pain and that those moments were really, really, really tough because not only did we have to pick ourselves up, but we had to move forward for our children. Um, because we had to be the, you know, show up as our parents, you know, when really you wanted to go and find the people who did this and, you know, uh, it was just, it was just a really, really tough time. But again, like I look at us now and we came out on the other side so much better than we were before. We 100% live our lives differently. That's for sure. Um, we don't take, we don't take things for granted. If there's something that we desire, like you're living on a, you know, you're on a boat doing a podcast. You know, we, my husband had this great desire to, um, he loves to surf. So he always wanted to have like a little place, you know, by the ocean so he could look out and see if there's a wave and go out there. Well, in Southern California, like we could never in a million years afford a property like on the beach. I was like, you can't do that. Um, and an opportunity presented itself in Mexico, not very far from Los Angeles. And it just, it was crazy. It just made no sense. We, we didn't even own a place. We were renting in LA. And, but because of what happened to us, we just pulled the trigger and we're like, life is short. This is something you desire. This is something you want. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. It may not make sense, but it makes sense for us. Uh, and, and, and we did it and it's been such, you know, a huge blessing. So we just live life a little bit differently because of these things. And that's exactly why I live on a boat. I went through a series of losses in my life and thought, oh, it'd be cool to live on a boat someday. And then realize someday isn't promised. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. If you're going to do it, do it. And so that's why I ended up living on a boat as well. Wow. And I think sometimes we can take those things that are those curveballs that are thrown at us and say, okay, what do I learn from this? And how do I change mm -hmm. my life? But how did you get through that without, um, I guess, would you have a lot of anxiety, concerns about your safety? worries about other people in your family? Because I know sometimes when something bad happens to someone, it makes us worry about them. But in your case, like bad people did bad things to your family. How do you get through that? You know, it's really, I took the lead from my husband. I mean, I'll just tell you personally, I mean, that was, it happened in another country. And um, a year after that, my husband's phone was being tapped. So that's a little worrisome, you know. Uh, I didn't go there for a really long time. Definitely was not taking my kids there. Uh, but my husband, I mean, now we do. But my husband refuses to live in fear. I think that's what it is. He just refuses to live in fear. He's not going to let the, it stop him. He sort of talks me off the ledge you know, and my husband also did a movie about human trafficking. So imagine that you layer that on top of like with our kids and, you know, so we're, we, we are definitely maybe a little more careful. Um, but then going back to fear, I think of what, what we were talking about, like you living on the boat and us getting this beach house when it made no sense and really not even had the finances to do that, but it all worked out. It's like, I feel like so many people, um, I had it around this book, like fear presents itself in our lives. When we want to do something, then fear just like overwhelms us, right? I, I sometimes feel like when fear presents itself, it, that is the exact thing that you should probably be doing. And what I've noticed in my life, um, 
is on the other side of fear is really everything that I so desire. Like you're on your boat, just living your best life. Like now we have our little beach house. I didn't want to do this book. Like I had a lot of fear around it. I was like, who would listen to me? What do I have to say? I'm still on my journey. I, you know, all of it, like that was not on my bucket list to do, but maybe I'm, I need to, it also was like that surrender moment. Like it came in for a reason. I need to have faith and I need to surrender because this would, wouldn't be showing up otherwise. I had the fear. And now on the other side of that fear, I am now with women and I'm connecting and we're crying and we're hugging and we're talking about deep things that really mean something to us. And I feel like because of that, I will always have a connection with these women. You know, by me opening up, walking through that fear, I now have what I so desire in my life, which is true connection with people. And it's always the the fear of like the worst case scenario that we have. And then when you start to do those things, usually those fears are unfounded, right? When you put yourself out there, you think, well, this isn't nearly as bad as I had imagined. You could waste so much time thinking all of the the what ifs, like what if you had bought this place in Mexico? What if you didn't write the book and all of the bad things that might happen? Then when you just do it, it's usually not as bad as that time frame when we're actually worrying about it or we're making it much bigger in our minds than it really is. And that was, that's something that you say, the what ifs, you know, a woman came up to me, we just had a wellness conference very first in my small town in Louisiana. These women, I gathered the wellness community there. They didn't even know existed. I pulled them all out of the woodwork. They were doing incredible work. And we, I also brought in experts to speak to them, you know, just a different perspective. We're just going to start the, start the process. And, um, a woman came up to me afterwards and she said something that really stood out to her was that she did not want to move forward in her life just saying like, what if, like, like, or what if I just didn't do that? Like no regrets, you know? Yeah. Why don't I just do it? Like what's holding me back? So I was like, well, then that's a win. I like that. I do too. Because like, what, what if you didn't write a book? Well, you'd never know, right? And you wouldn't have had these opportunities that you're having to connect with people and to put your message out there and to help a lot of women who are interested in learning. How do you reshape your life? Yeah, for sure. Another part of your book, so we talked about the heart, you talk about the spirit and the soul. You also talk about your mindset and thinking. Can you talk a little bit about reshaping the way that you think? I think, um, I mean, mindset, I think really honestly fits into every single category you got to keep that that little baby in check 24 hours a day because it can definitely go astray all the time. I mean, I'm constantly like, nope, nope. Um, I For me, there's specific practices and I sort of mentioned them in the book that I put into place throughout the day that, kind of, that grounds me, that puts me in check, that kind of gets my mind set in the place where I want it to be. Um, that's super simple, easy, you know, The first thing I do in the morning is um, when I open my eyes is I go into gratitude. Like I just am very specific about what I am grateful for. So happy I get to take the kids to school today. I'm so happy I get to do this interview with you today. I'm so happy that, you know, back here and my sleeping in my bed, like even simple things like that. Um, Just go straight into gratitude. Uh, Another thing that I do is I... I like to think of it as, um, I call it God's daily gifts. So, and what, what it looks like is this. So through my day, well, I'll give an example. So I was on a walk um, and I see a tree and there's this knot in the tree. 
And it, the knot's in the shape of a heart. And then there's ivy growing around it. And the ivy is in a heart. And I'm just like, that's so, we send it to my girlfriend. So I send a picture to my girlfriend and she's like, that's God's daily gift. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, God sends you a gift every day. It's just up to you to recognize it. And I was just like, well, drop the mic right now because it landed in me in a different way than stop and smell the roses, which is basically the same idea. Uh, so ever since she said that, I every single day, I'm very, very hyper aware of things. Simple as I'm sitting in my office and there's a little hummingbird that is like fluttering around this little tree right there. Just focusing on that, noticing that as like, that's a gift for me. And it grounds me like in the moment, like right now, it grounds me. It makes me take in my surroundings. I'm then, I'm there like, wow, look at nature in all its glory. I'm looking at the mountains. I again, like go into gratitude. So this little daily gift thing, I think is so beautiful. Another thing I've learned just recently, uh, I think I heard it on a podcast and it was just a flip of a word. Instead of saying, um, I used to say a lot, like, oh, I have to do this. I have to pick up myself. I got to add in the thing. I have to make sure I answer the emails. I have to clean the thing before the kid. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Now I switch it to, I get to. And just have to get another like huge shift, huge shift. I never want my mind to get in my mindset to get in the way of my life. You know, um, I also think of it as, it is one of my superpowers. I talk in the book about superpowers, like recognizing our own superpowers and then recognizing the superpowers in others. I think one of my superpowers is I'm able to flip the switch is what I call it on negative, negative thoughts or negative thinking. Like sometimes I can fester if something bad happens, I lose a job or whatever. Yeah. I may sit in that like depression, like, oh, I would have really liked that job. That would have been great. I may do it for about a day. And then it's like enough is enough. I literally visualize myself walking up to the wall, to the light switch, flip it. And I have to think of it in a new perspective. There's something better for me. That would have maybe taken too much time away from my kids. I wouldn't have devoted it here. That's not going to serve my life. There's a greater plan. So I'm able to flip the switch on things pretty easily. Um, and again, like talking yourself, it's like that record player in your head that says like, you can't do this. You don't deserve love. You don't, you know, you got you to change that record player. You got to flip it to the other side. And I think the only way to do that, uh, for me, it's been a great help is like my morning prayer and meditation, like another kind of thing that I plug into place. I mean, I can't imagine you sitting out in your boat, looking out into the water and the sun either rising or setting and just taking it all in, you know, and getting outside of yourself. Like for me, it's just that breathing in the morning. Again, it's super simple. I just, again, get out, get out of my head. I take a few deep breaths. I kind of ground myself. I empty out me. I empty out myself out of my, my clutter in my brain of the to-do list. I empty out myself. Um, I say a few prayers and then I kind of let God come in. And it's like, I feel like during that time, there's always a message that's delivered. And then I, after it, I journal. Whatever came in through that meditation, I get it down on paper. And then I have on the side of me, three or four books that are wisdom books, like something that's going to fill me back up, whether I'm going to learn something new, whether it's a new perspective, whether it's growth, I don't know, something inspirational. I will put something good, pour back in the good. Um, 
And then I go about my day. And again, it's a shift. It's a shift that happens. So those simple, simple little practices really changes your your mindset and how you move throughout your day. And and I say it as a practice because it really is something, and we fall off the wagon, look, but when you do it daily, it's the small things you do every day where you see the greatest, you know, the greatest change in your life. So um, those are things that have really helped me. And you know what I love about all those practices is you can do them anywhere, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what mm-hmm. curveballs get sent your way, mm-hmm. you can keep mm-hmm. doing those things and they're not dependent on your environment being amazing. You can find yeah. those little things in life to be grateful about no matter what's going on around you. Yeah, I know. I know. And tapping into that, like even for myself, like when I start getting worked up, like, you know, with the anxiety, like even just learning, because I didn't know really the power of the breath. Like I didn't know that breathing a certain way could like science behind it, that it could literally just calm my nervous system because sometimes I feel like I cannot, I get myself so worked up, you know, I cannot breathe. Um, So just like the breath is so powerful, you know, or when you're in those meditative state, are you trying to meditate or focus, but just focusing on the breath can stop all those thoughts that are coming in, you know? And one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I thought it was so powerful. It's a little thing, but it has big results. Is at the end of the book, you talk about cartwheels on the beach and about celebrating these little milestones in life to really make them stand out because otherwise every day blends in together. That's such a powerful practice. But so often I think we get caught in thinking, well, I'll, I'll celebrate that later. Or it's not a big deal that I just had this milestone birthday or that I just got this promotion at work. We kind of sweep them under the rug. But can you talk about the importance of celebrating those moments? You know, it's so easy, again, because life happens, you know, and you you go through the, that thought process like, oh, we could do it later. Oh, I don't have time. But celebrating it in the specific one you're talking about is, I think it was for my, my 40th birthday 10 years ago. And uh, I took a bunch of girlfriends and we went on a trip And, you know, we were so caught up in our lives and being adults and, you know, not, we forgot how to be silly and childlike and do all those kind of fun things. And by the end of the trip, we were doing, you know, pyramids like we did when we were cheerleaders. We were doing backflips in the water and doing handstand competitions and doing cartwheels, like I said, on the beach. And those things, it's like I, it tapped, it it allowed me to tap into like, my joy, my soul in a way that I don't do daily. And what I realize when I do that, and again, like you just telling me reminds me, like I, it's something that you have to really be aware of. It's something that it's like when I say, do the things that set your soul on fire, like doing those things, like it sets my soul on fire. It gives me so much like, honestly, like my heart is like leaping inside when I tap into that. So why don't I do it more? So I need to remind myself, but how do we do that? So part of that's like, we got a journal. We got to have those affirmations. We got to tap into that to remind ourselves because, you know, our adult mind saying, no, you don't do it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Or yeah, yeah, no, you know, that's for the kids or whatever. It's like going on a bike ride or, you know, it's all those little things that kind of get us out of our daily patterns, that, that little bit of a shift that like ignites us, right? So I just encourage everybody to like do more of that. 
I love that part of your book. Like it just, just like a reminder of, yeah, why don't we do that? Last question for you. If somebody says, yes, I should reshape my life, but I don't have time or I don't have the energy right now, what do you say to them? <laughs> I would say life is short and you have one life. You have one life. Think, just let that sit for one second. It's very short and you have one. So why wouldn't you make it great? It's up to you. You have the choice. And it doesn't have to be big things. I don't want any of this to overwhelm you. It's very simple concepts. It's just a shift in a word, a little bit of a practice that you could kind of plug into your day. It's those simple things, those little things that you do every single day that, again, make the huge difference. I always, I say uh, in a keynote, I don't know if I have it in the book, um, if you shift the direction of a boat, okay, only five degrees, right? five degrees. It's the difference of that boat headed to Hawaii or Japan. So when you think about it like that, like, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? And if you don't, I'm going to go grab you by the hand and we're going to do it together. So that's it. That's got to get with it, ladies. We got to start reshaping. I love it. And as somebody who lives on a boat, I love that you use the the boat analogy (laughs) because it's very true. Five degrees would look like. Right. That's very true. Well, I hope that all of our listeners go out and get a copy of your book, Reshape Your Life. Don't settle because you're worth it. Allie Landry, thank you so much for being on the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I wish I was on that boat with you, honestly. (laughs) Awesome. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is the part of the show where I'll break down Allie's strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of my favorite strategies that Allie shared. Number one, work through your uncomfortable feelings. Don't go around. Allie kept a journal during the tough times in her life. She said that she really wanted to learn and grow from the hard times. But she knew that she had to accept responsibility and she had to work through those uncomfortable emotions. When we're grieving, it's really tempting to distract ourselves or to do anything that we can to escape discomfort. But you can't go around the pain. You have to go through it. If you let yourself feel sad, you can heal much better than if you pretend that you don't care or you try to mask your pain. Allie said she was able to take responsibility for the red flags she ignored in her relationship and that helped her move forward with confidence. Number two, incorporate your faith into your mental strength building plan. So often people tell me that they don't need mental strength because they get their strength through God or from a higher power. But you can believe in God and a higher power and still choose to build mental muscle. No one ever says, I don't go to the gym because I believe in God. People take responsibility for building physical muscle. You can do the same. Take responsibility for building your own mental muscle. So I like that Allie talked about how she empowered herself to reshape her life, and her faith was a huge part of that journey. But she also took responsibility for making change. And I love that she talked about looking for God's gift as an alternative to traditional gratitude practices. And number three. Harness the power of breathing. Ellie says she spends time just focusing on her breathing sometimes to feel better. The way you breathe has a huge impact on your nervous system. You can calm your body, which can in turn calm your anxious thoughts. Just by taking some slow, deep breaths, you can calm everything down. It's also a good way to refocus your energy onto something that you can control. When it feels like the whole world around you is spinning out of control, Take a few slow, deep breaths. There are tons of different breathing exercises that you can learn. 
If you Google breathing exercises, you'll find a whole bunch of strategies like box breathing. But the simplest and best breathing exercise I know is to just smell the pizza. Breathe in slowly through your nose like you're smelling a delicious piece of pizza. Hold it for a few seconds. And then breathe out of your mouth slowly like you're cooling off the pizza. It's easier to remember to smell the pizza than it is to remember complicated breathing exercises that involve counting and lots of more difficult things. So those are three of Allie's strategies that I highly recommend. Work through your uncomfortable feelings, don't go around. Incorporate faith into your mental strength building plan if you want to. And harness the power of breathing. To hear more of Allie's strategies, pick up a copy of her new book, Reshape Your Life. In it, she talks about how to reshape your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.